What's most important to you when it comes to choosing your financial advisor? Someone who's aligned with your biblical values. How about someone who will take the time to explain your options? Certified Kingdom Advisors are professionals who meet high standards in competence and integrity and have been trained to offer biblical financial advice. To find a Certified Kingdom Advisor in your area, visit faithfi.com and click Find a CKA. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. Proverbs 12, 15. Hi, I'm Rob West. We all need outside advice from time to time, especially when it comes to managing money. Did you know that even financial advisors have financial advisors? So how do you know if you need one? I'll talk about that today, and then it's on to your calls at 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. This is Faith and Finance, biblical wisdom for your financial decisions. Okay, to be clear, while we all may need financial advice from time to time, not everyone needs to hire a financial professional. But more folks do than you'd think. So how do you know if you're one of them? Well, the first thing you have to do is look at your overall financial situation and take several things into account. First is your net worth. This isn't how much you make, but how much you have in all your financial accounts and real property, minus what you owe, like credit card debt, auto loans, and your mortgage. What's left over is your net worth, and ideally, you want that to be in positive territory. Next, look at monthly cash flow. How much do you have coming in and going out? If you're living on a budget, this is easy to do. You already have those numbers. If you're not living on a budget, download the FaithFi app and use it to set up your budget today. You can access it at faithfi.com. Next, decide on your financial goals. Some will be short-term, others long. Are you saving for a new car, to buy a house, or retire at age, well, you fill in the blank. Put your goals down on paper and consider whether you're on track to achieve them. Finally, decide how much of a risk you're willing to take with your investments. Much of that is based on how long you have until you think you'll need this money. If it's more than 10 years, you can afford to put most of it in stocks, mutual funds, and in tax funds if you're willing to take the risk. But the longer your investment horizon, the safer it is to invest in the market. Okay, so now you have an idea of your net worth, your cash flow, your goals, and your risk tolerance. But you still don't know if you need to hire a financial advisor. So here are some reasons you might want to do that. You're experiencing some big changes in your life. Maybe you're just tying the knot and now you have to marry your finances together as well. Or you're a little further along and expecting a baby soon. Or you realize that retirement is closer than you think. Any of those major changes might call for bringing in an expert to go over your finances to make sure you're on track. Or maybe you know you're not on track. You've established your goals and you realize you're not getting any closer to achieving them. Taking on a financial advisor could make all the difference, holding you accountable and getting you back on track. Of course, one of the most common reasons to retain a financial advisor is if you have doubts about how to invest your money. How much risk can you afford to take on? Which risks are worth taking and which are not? 
Now, I happen to think that hiring a financial advisor will pay for itself in most cases, whether it's for taxes, estate planning, or whatever. But nowhere is that more likely than with your investments. It's a simple idea, really. By having a professional manage your portfolio, you'll earn more, usually a lot more, than what you're paying that advisor in fees. If that weren't the case, no one would hire a financial advisor. Okay, let's say you receive a major windfall. This could be a lump sum from a pension buyout, an insurance benefit, or an inheritance. It's a lot more money than you're used to dealing with, and you don't want to make any mistakes. You might want to connect with a financial advisor on the best way to deploy that money. For example, pay off the mortgage or invest it. That's just one question you might want help answering. Now, there's one more situation where you might want to hire a financial advisor, and it's when you need someone to hold you accountable. Or as our friend Howard Dayton likes to say, someone to hold your fuzzy feet to the fire. (laughs) When you know you have to report to someone, even someone who works for you, you're much more likely to stick with your financial plan. So those are some ways you can tell if you need a financial advisor, and we hope you find them helpful. This is also a great time for me to remind you that we recommend the Certified Kingdom Advisor designation. These are men and women who have met high standards and character and competence and experience, and they've been trained to bring advice from a biblical worldview. They've also received a pastor and client reference and signed a statement of faith. It's a high bar. You can find a Certified Kingdom Advisor in your area when you head to our website, faithfi.com. Just click Find a CKA. Again, that's faithfi.com. Click Find a CKA. Your calls are next, 800-525-7000. We'll be right back. Are you looking for a financial professional who aligns with your biblical values? Certified Kingdom Advisors are trusted financial, legal, or accounting professionals who have completed a rigorous certification program to ensure they provide biblically wise financial advice as part of their practice. You can find a local CKA professional in your area by going to faithfi.com and clicking Find a CKA. We are grateful for support from LightPoint Portfolios, which seeks out family and faith-friendly investments for 401k and 403b plans, integrating faith values and fiduciary duty. LightPoint Portfolios offers retirement plans for a variety of organizations such as businesses, nonprofits, and churches. And we're grateful for their sponsorship of the Faith and Finance Program. More information is available at lightpointportfolios.com. Welcome back. This is Faith and Finance. I'm Rob West. We're taking your calls today, 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. We'll begin today in South Florida. Teresa, go right ahead. How can I help? Um, My situation is my sister passed away in March, and she lived Mm, with me, and, you know, she helped me with things at my house. My homeowner's insurance went up, and it took my mortgage from twelve fifty six to seventeen sixty nine. Um, I do work, but I don't. You know, I'm trying to find um, a way to to put some money into my my pocket. Um, yeah. One of the questions I have: I turned sixty five this year, 
And my mother said I should take my social security now, but I think I need to probably to get the full amount. I think I need to wait until I turn 66 and a half. Um, So I don't know how that would affect me. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm sorry to hear about your sister's passing and I realize what's going on with uh, homeowners insurance in Florida in particular. It's happening nationwide, but certainly in Florida, you're seeing, uh, you're getting hit the hardest. Um, and so those, these are real and we've got to go back to the budget and just say, what opportunities do we have to both decrease expenses as well as increase income? On the decreasing expenses side, I'm sure you've taken a look at that, but you know, maybe you take another pass at the budget and just look for areas you can cut back given the reality of this significantly higher mortgage payment. Uh, on the income side, clearly the taking the social security benefits is one way to do that. I agree. The longer you can wait, the better. Uh, you're going to reduce that by about 8% a year. So if you've got about 18 months to go, you could see a reduction of maybe around 12% of what you would have received as your full benefit at full retirement age um, if you were to take that now. And that's a, a meaningful uh, reduction. And yet at the same time, if that's really the key to solving this gap um, for your monthly expenses, it may be the time to do it because we ideally would wait as long as we can, but there's a real need now. So unless you want to sell the home and downsize or do something else to kind of right-size the budget, it seems like that might be the way to do it if there's no other alternatives. Uh, Give me your thoughts on that, though. Well, um, I really would kind of like to wait. I have looked at what I can maybe cut out of my budget. Uh, One of the things is canceling my life insurance. Um, Yes. The other thing I was thinking is I do have um, a small 401k. I had to buy a car uh, this last year because someone rear-ended me, and um, my payment is like $294 a month. So I thought, well, maybe I should take out the money from the 401k and go ahead and pay my car off. That would clear up. Two hundred and ninety-four dollars a month. I need to come up with about five hundred dollars. Yeah, and what is the life insurance premium annually? Uh, monthly, it's ninety-nine dollars and thirty-five cents, okay. something like that. All right, and who is the beneficiary? Uh, the beneficiary would be my children. Okay, so this you're just looking at as kind of a part of their inheritance. No, um, basically burial expenses. Uh, for myself, so they wouldn't have to do that. Yeah, but they wouldn't need 150000 for that. Uh, so I think this is absolutely a way for you to reduce your expenses. I mean, that's $100 a month, which is a fifth of what you need. Uh, you know, to be able to close this gap. Uh, and there's really not a need for it. I mean, there would be potentially other assets there. You could either prepay those funeral expenses or at the very least take that 100 a month and begin setting it aside in a savings account, build that up over time so you have the money that's needed uh, to be able to cover that. Uh, but you also could get access to it in the meantime. So I think that's, you know, should be something you absolutely look at. Uh, what do you have in the 401k today? How much? 37000 in the one uh, where I worked at before, 
And in the current company that I work for, I have about 11000 Okay. All right. Yeah. I mean, I would hate for you to pull that money out of the 401k right now. It's probably down with the market. And I'd love for this to continue to build so that you could, you know, convert this to an income stream to supplement what you're going to be getting, uh, you know, from Social Security down the road. Uh, You're still working currently. Is that right? Yes. Okay. And um, once you take Social Security, let's say you were to wait till full retirement age, another 18 months, is Social Security alone enough to cover your bills or are you going to need to supplement that? I am probably going to have to continue to work for a while. Yeah. Okay. And so you're going to want to continue to put money away. So I think, yeah, if we can avoid pulling money out of that 401k, especially while we're waiting for the market to rebound, I think that would be ideal. So I think your best option at this point um, would be to go ahead and, um, you know, look at, at stopping that, uh, um, the uh, life insurance, number one. I think number two, uh, you know, is there an option to either downsize or look at maybe bringing in a roommate, something like that? Well, that was the next option. I, you know, I've been in this house 33 years, I think. I've lived in this house. There's not probably much equity because I became single at 37 again um, and raised my children in the house. Yeah. Yeah. No, I understand. Well, let's do this. I want to get your information and have one of our um, certified Christian financial counselors give you a call. We'll cover the cost on this. There's no expense to you, but I want to help have them help you analyze all of these factors and let's see which is going to be the most cost effective. We can look at the permanent reduction in social security versus the potential to uh, keep that money in the 401k. We'll put that against paying off the car and just see which makes the most sense as we evaluate all of these scenarios, because we want to get this right and we want to maximize your income in the future. So you stay on the line. We'll get your information and we'll get someone in touch with you. To uh, George in Chicago. Go ahead, sir. I got a couple credit cards that are almost almost maxed. And uh, I guess uh, I got approved for one that's willing to take uh, so I can put them all, all in. And that one, I was just wondering if that would be a good idea and it would affect my credit. Uh, it may, but what I'm most concerned about, Joe, is, or excuse me, George, is you getting out of debt. Um, what do you have total that you owe on these cards in the aggregate? Uh, like maybe like 10000 All right. And how does that break down? How many cards? Well, I want to say four. Yeah, four. Okay. And are you still using any of them? So what I do, like, I end up, like, you know, paying pay, pay, pay one off and then ha- having to use it. So, you know, on and off, not really, not really too much. Okay. All right. Well, the next step for you is really to work on your budget because uh, the only way we're ever going to be able to pay these off, which regardless of which approach you use, and I'll recommend one here in a second, is for you to go back to the budget, rein in your spending, live on less than you earn, uh, including the minimum payments to these credit cards, but also having enough margin so you can begin, even if it's slowly building up what I call an emergency fund of three to six months expenses separate from your checking account for the unexpected 
expected so you can stop the cycle of borrowing on these cards for money that you don't have. In terms of paying off the debt, I wouldn't consolidate them on one card. I'd use a debt management program. Contact our friends at ChristianCreditCounselors.org. They'll get the interest rates reduced and help you pay them off 80% faster. We'll be right back. Are you struggling to fit your faith into your practice as a Christian financial advisor? The Certified Kingdom Advisor designation teaches you a step-by-step process to confidently deliver advice that aligns with Christian values. Discover the skills you need to help your clients make a kingdom impact. Get started today by enrolling in the CKA educational program at kingdomadvisors.com slash get certified. That's kingdomadvisors.com slash get certified. We are grateful for support from Sound Mind Investing in the Faith and Finance Program. If you have money in a retirement account or just a general investing account, you know the stock market can sometimes seem like a roller coaster. But it is possible to enjoy both profit and peace of mind in investing, no matter what's happening in the market. You can see a short video webinar on that topic at soundmindinvesting.org. Since 1990, Sound Mind Investing has sought to offer financial wisdom for living well. Soundmindinvesting.org. We're back. I'm Rob West, and this is Faith and Finance. Thanks for listening today. Thanks for taking the time. As we head into our calls and questions, I want to take a moment to ask you if you've downloaded the FaithFi app. You can use it on your desktop or your mobile device. All right, let's uh, head back to the phones. We're going to go to St. Petersburg. Hi, Mary Jane. Go right ahead. Hi. Yeah, my daughter is 25 years old and lives on her own, and she just told me she's in debt and she keeps paying on her credit card. And I had heard you recommend, I think, a debt management company before, and I was wondering what you would recommend. Yeah, I uh, that's my preferred way to get out of credit card debt. Give me just a little bit more in the way of details. How much does she owe currently? She won't tell me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How old is she? 25. All right. Do you have reason to believe, Mary Jane, it's over $4,000? I honestly have no idea. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, I mean, typically that's kind of the threshold. It's not a magic number, but it's kind of the threshold where if you're under 4,000, you may be better off just kind of snowballing it yourself, which is where you, if you have multiple cards, you line them up smallest to largest balance, try to cut back in the budget as much as you can to free up margin. That is money left over, you know, after all the bills are paid, pay all the minimums, but attack the smallest balance with every available dollar until it's gone. That's going to give you the boost psychologically to, wow, I just paid one off. Let's keep going. And then you move right down the line. Um, If it's over 4,000, that's where debt management is absolutely my preferred approach. So credit counseling is what it's also referred to. It's essentially where you don't take out a new loan. We're not doing a balance transfer. We're not consolidating it with a new debt. We're leaving it right where it is. If it's with Discover, it stays with Discover. It's with City, it stays with City. But as long as you go through a nonprofit credit counseling agency, they all have a program where they'll drop the rates if you pay through a debt management company. So uh, my friends at ChristianCreditCounselors.org work with hundreds and hundreds of our FaithFi listeners. 
And uh, if she were to contact them, christiancreditcounselors.org, they could evaluate not only helping her with her spending plan, and you wouldn't have to be involved, which it sounds like she'd be glad about that. She could just, you know, work with a third party who doesn't know her personally um, and work through her budget, but then also determine what these interest rates will be lowered to so that that level monthly payment will go far more to principal, and that will help her get out of debt on average 80% faster. Um, So that would be the the way I would recommend she goes. Now, she will have to close any of the cards that go into the program, but that's probably a good thing. The thing I would also say to you is, you know, we need to solve the underlying problem uh, that led to the debt in the first place, which is likely overspending. Um, And so we just need to make sure she's living on a budget. One of the reasons, though, I like this approach is you know, it's going to be more of a slow and steady approach to paying this off as opposed to kind of coming in and wiping it out, you know, in one fell swoop or refinancing it to a new debt that has a lower interest rate, because that's probably just going to take the pressure off, not cause her to do the hard work to put the spending plan in place and rein in her spending. Um, and then the debt will likely come back. Whereas, I find that this program, if she can build it into her budget and develop that discipline of paying it every month, then hopefully she gets to the end of it, it's paid off, and now she's kind of, you know, trained herself to live on a balanced budget, and hopefully she never has credit card debt again. But the short answer is yes, that is my preferred approach. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks for calling. Hey, uh, if we can help further with that, let us know. I mean, one of the things I'd be willing to do would be uh, if if she doesn't end up going to Christian Credit Counselors, we could connect her with one of our certified Christian financial counselors just to be a sounding board and, you know, somebody who's, again, a third party that could just help guide her, and we'd be happy to do that at no cost. So just let us know if we can help. Uh, 800-525-7000 is the number to call. Let's head to Ohio. Hi, Monica. Go ahead. Hi, how are you? Thanks for taking my call. I'm well. You're um, so my question is, my mother is 87 years old. We found that she has a very large credit card debt, $18,000 actually. Uh, she's been paying on it, $500 a month. Her living situation is changing. She's going to have to pay rent. Uh, she was living with her sister who passed. We had to sell the house. So all that is changing. She cannot pay that credit card anymore. Do we let it go to bankruptcy? Well, um, would she have any ability to make a payment? I mean, even the minimum payment, would that become problematic? Well, no, she could make a small payment on it, but the minimum payment on this account is $500 a month. She cannot do that. Not any longer. Okay. Okay. What would she have the ability to pay? Oh, probably about 200. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely going to be lower. I mean, typically you would expect 3%, which is $540. So uh, you're, you're definitely not going to get down to 200. Um, before I would just, you know, stop paying this and it, you know, you're, you're talking bankruptcy. I mean, at the, at the very least you could just stop paying it. It would go into collection. They would kind of harass her. Uh, and then, you know, eventually it would, because of the balance, it would likely end up with a judgment um, where, you know, she owes this deficiency balance and, uh, you know, that would be a, a legal judgment perhaps that would, would come of it. Um, and that could end up resulting in garnishment and other, you know, remedies for that. Um, I would probably contact them just to let them know, um, you know, what's going on in the situation 
and they may be willing uh, to lower the interest rate or settle for a smaller amount monthly. Um, you know, I would see stopping payment or filing bankruptcy as a last resort here. Um, but it'd be worth a conversation both to them. You could also contact my friends at ChristianCreditCounselors.org just to see what they may be able to do and how low the payment would be through a debt management program, um, which would, if, if she could afford the payment, it would get the interest rate down which would mean that more of the payment each month would be going to principal. That would be great. But you may find that even the debt management monthly payment is still too high for her budget given this this change that's coming in her uh, relocation. And if that's the case, then you're going to be left with, is the credit card company willing to work with her, uh, you know, because of the situation? Obviously, they don't want to have to write it off, so they have some incentive to do so. You could provide them documentation on how much budget's available and all of that. So I think um, I'd probably start with Christian Credit Counselors at ChristianCreditCounselors.org. And then as a backup, I would reach out to the creditor and see if they'd be willing to work with you. All right? Okay. okay. I did reach out to the creditor, and they sent her a letter that there was nothing they could do. So that's uh, why I okay. now read a lot. Yeah. All right. Well, I would uh, I would then check in uh, with our friends at Christian Credit Counselors. Again, it's christiancreditcounselors.org. Thanks for calling, Monica. All the best to you and your mom. And we'll be praying the Lord helps you navigate this, gives you wisdom on how to uh, proceed from here. I know this is a challenging one. Well, that does it for us today. I'm Rob West. Thanks to our amazing production team and to you for listening. I hope you'll join us again next time right here on Faith and Finance. Faith and Finance is provided by FaithFi and listeners like you.